Thank you, Jesus. as we see you, God. Lord, we thank you. Oh, you altogether lovely, oh God. Yes, you altogether worthy, wonderful. My, my, my. servant here speak Lord hallelujah thank you Lord oh yes Lord hallelujah have your way have your way in our midst have your way in our doings have your way in our studies. Oh God, we do give you thanks. Hallelujah. Together, wonderful, my God. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Speak, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. God, you do a new thing in our midst. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Send your word, Lord. Send your word, open our hearts, open our minds, open our understanding, oh, that we may know you, and the power of your resurrection, Lord, and the fellowship of your suffering, 
God, we give you thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus Christ, we come before you this morning, thanking you again, O oh God, for your great grace, thanking you for your tender mercies, thanking you, O oh God, for your direction, your leading, yea, you lead us beside the still waters, my God, you restore it our soul, O oh God, as we go forward, in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, continue to direct us. Uh, continue to strengthen us. Uh, continue to help us, Lord, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Uh, hey, my God, help us, Lord, to walk in sincerity and truth. Uh, oh, my God, we thank you. We thank you, O oh God, for your directives. Uh, we thank you, O oh God, for your chastening. Uh, o oh God, because we know you love us. My God, Lord, we bring our nation before you and its leaders, my God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray for them, my God, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives. Uh, Oh, God, we pray for this earth uh, and its cleansing, my God, how you washed it. Uh, hey, in the name of Jesus, uh, how you sanctified it through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, you justified by your resurrection, my God. Lord, we wait on you. Speak to us today, oh God. Speak to our living. Speak to our doing now. Oh, Lord, and lead us in a plain and simple path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks. Thank you, oh Lord. We lift our hands to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm, in your presence, oh God. Hallelujah. There is that fullness of joy. Mm. Hallelujah. At your right hand. The pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Teach us how. Teach us, my God. Hallelujah. Thank you. You inhabit all praises, O oh God. Oh, 
fill this place, fill this space. Uh, hallelujah. Move in your temple, my God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. A pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown, here this morning. And this is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program. Today's May the 1st, Friday, May the 1st. We thank God we are in a new month. We give him thanks for the one that has passed. In the name of Jesus Christ, how he kept us. Oh, he kept us. And we are in a new month. Today, Friday, May the 1st, 2020. Our topic today, as we are studying the book of Romans... Our topic today, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. The Apostle Paul wrote these words concerning individuals, nations, organizations, assemblies, states that having a form of godliness would deny the power thereof. And he said, from such you should turn away. And Paul stated that these being ignorant of God's righteousness, they not knowing, appreciating, understanding God's righteousness, and are going about to establish their own righteousness, not seeking that which the Lord do it require, but setting out to prove to themselves and to others who will hear and listen, setting out to prove their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. No, Christ is the wisdom and the power and the righteousness of God. The only righteousness that we have is the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Know ye not that as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ? Why are you demonstrating such ignorance, such lack of knowledge, not knowing that Christ is the righteousness of God, the wisdom and power of God. But being ignorant of that fact, you are going about to establish another righteousness which is of your own because of your pride because of your self-esteem, because of your presentation of who you are, you have not submitted unto the righteousness of God. You see, the humility, Jesus was found in fashion as a man, and he humbled himself. His approach, he was without form, that when we see him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. So to the natural man who walks 
after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, Christ was not appealing. Christ is still not appealing to many who are going about to establish their own righteousness, demonstrate how cold they are, how spiritual they are, how religious they are. This is what the council in Jerusalem did. God had called them and showed unto the nation of Israel his righteousness, his ways, his thoughts. He promised them a savior, a messiah, and they disregarded all of that. In John chapter 11 verse 48, we read of Israel gathering a council together to make a declaration concerning the righteousness of God. John eleven forty-eight says, If we leave him alone, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. The council at Jerusalem, the Israelites, the Jews, were concerned about that which was theirs in their own eyes. That which was ours, they said. If we leave the righteousness of God alone, the Romans, whom we fear they had no king but Caesar, they said, would come and take away both their positions, the offices that they occupied, and their nation. So they went about to establish their own righteousness, not submitting themselves unto the Lord of glory. Now, in Acts chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, we see where God, who in times past, allowed or suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. There was a time in the past when God had allowed the nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling the hearts with food and gladness. So there was a time when God allowed individuals to walk in their own ways with their own righteousness and doing the things that he would allow, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. So they were predestinated to the things that they were doing, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. But now, Christ, Messiah, came to Israel, presented himself to Israel. But Israel felt threatened in the Lord's vineyard, in the Lord's nation, and in the position where the Lord had placed them. And they desired to retain those offices, those positions, to the exclusion of the righteousness of God. They, being ignorant of God's righteousness, were going about to establish their own righteousness, not submitting themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now Paul and Silas were in Philippi. The Lord had sent apostles into all the world to teach the nations, and Paul and Silas were in Philippi, and they were teaching and preaching, and Acts chapter 16 verse 21 tells us an accusation made against them to the magistrates. 
The accusation was that they taught customs which are not lawful for the Philippians to receive, neither to observe, as they consider themselves Romans. Just like we had a council at Jerusalem in fear of the Romans, the Philippians also, being a client state of Rome, were in fear of the Romans. So they accused Paul and Silas of teaching customs, which were not lawful for them to receive in terms of human government, the laws, the governmental, the civic of the land, the polis, some would say, those laws. So they said Paul and Silas taught customs which were not lawful for them to receive, neither to observe being magistrate, being Romans. Again, they, ignorant of the righteousness of God, not submitting themselves to his righteousness, but going about to establish their own righteousness after the Lord had brought that dispensation to an end. Paul and Silas were beaten, thrown into jail, and the Lord re re relieved their bondage by an earthquake. After the earthquake, the magistrates desired to have Paul and Silas leave the jail privately, but Paul wasn't having any of it. In Acts chapter 16, verse 37, Paul said, They have beaten us openly uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now they do thrust us out privily? No, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. Let them come down. Leave those big majestic seas in the places of judgment, and you come down to where you have thrust men into prison in error, them being Romans, and you release them yourselves. And the surgeons told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. The threat of the force of Rome was always in the background, was always right there. That intimidation, that use of force, that threatening, always making individuals to fear because of the iron feet of Rome. The surgeons told the magistrates and they feared when they realized that Paul and Silas were Romans. So Paul and Silas were released from this prison and then passing through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, Paul desired to see Rome. In Acts chapter 19, verse 21, we see Paul's desire after those things in Philippi were ended. Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I've been there, I must see Rome. Also, Paul wanted to go up to a feast in Jerusalem, and then from there he would see Rome. That was his desire. It was something that the Lord would grant. Not necessarily in the ways that Paul thought about it, but it was God's will that Paul testify in Rome also. So Paul wrote to the Romans before he had gotten there these words. Romans chapter 1 verse 15. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach a gospel to you that are at Rome also. 
before he had gotten there, after he had gone through Macedonia and Achaia, headed to Jerusalem, he expressed his desire that he wanted to see Rome also, and he sent a letter beforehand telling them, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach a gospel to you that are at Rome also. So now that he has expressed his willingness, his ability, and his availability, the die was now being cast for Paul to be in Rome. He had gone up to Jerusalem and uh, he was taken captive by the Jews and a riot almost broke out had not Lysias come and delivered him from the Jews, taking him into the castle, preparing to examine him by scourging. So when the centurion, Acts chapter 22, verse 26, when the centurion heard that Paul was a Roman, he realized they were making an error. As I said to you before, the Romans protected their citizens and would use force to deliver them from whatever situation they were in. They would be that governmental body, that organization that makes sure that law and order is kept in the city, in the nation, in the state. So when the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed, be careful what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Be careful what you do, how you treat him. So the centurion forego scourging Paul, and Paul was placed in a vessel headed to Alexandria for that journey to Rome. While they went to the vessel, a great big storm came up and it rocked the boat. There were boisterous seas, winds and waves, storms, and their lives were in danger, and they had not heeded the directives of the men of God that they should remain in port. But they trusted the experience of the captain of the vessel and the owners. So they now found themselves in trouble on the high seas. They were in jeopardy. So in Acts chapter 23 verse 11, Luke states that the night following all these trials and tribulations, the Lord stood by Paul and said, Be of good cheer. It's okay, Paul. Be comforted. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness at all at Rome also. So keep Paul, even the winds and the waves obey him. And Paul and the vessel and the rest of them were now caught in these winds and waves, the seas, being boisterous, the winds blowing, the vessel about to be torn up. But the Lord said, be of good cheer. Rejoice in tribulation, and again I say rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness at Rome also. In these times of distress and uh, the pandemic, as we see, yes, I know many are concerned, some even fearful, but be of good cheer. What the Lord has promised, that will he do. If the Lord promised to bring you out, you will be brought out. But the ungodly are not so. But are like the chaff which a wind drive it away. 
and the Lord will cause the winds and the waves to come and it will blow. The Bible tells us the story about the men who built their houses. One man built on the rock. Another man built on the sand. And exposed to the same elements, one house stood and another fell. Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness at Rome also. You're going to come through. You will make it through. God's will for you, his express will, is that you prosper even as your soul prospered. So you will come through the storm according to God's will. Now, if you build on the sand, you are in danger of your house collapsing. So in Acts chapter 28, verse 17, we find Paul arriving in Rome according to the word of God. And after three days, <coughs> Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, men and brethren, men and brethren. The relationship between Paul and the other individuals was not one where, oh, I'm Apostle Paul, I'm Chief Rabbi, I'm this, I'm that. No, 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 no. Men and brethren. The Lord said, we are all brethren. They were on one level. In fact, Paul and the rest of them in the ship coming from uh, Jerusalem were brethren in one vessel. They were exposed to everything together. Men and brethren, Paul said, though I have committed nothing against the people or custom of our fathers, yet I was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. <coughs> Excuse me. People will seize you, put you in bondage, and will deliver you for persecution because you don't conform to their ways. They being ignorant of God's righteousness, and they going about to establish their own righteousness, not submitting themselves to the righteousness of God, will then seize you and offer you up for persecution like they did Jesus. Jesus said, if they did this to the green tree, how much more the dry? They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. The Council of Jerusalem concerning Jesus representing the things of God but not submitted to God. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? A portrayal of a religious entity, a representative of the righteous but walking in ignorance and unrighteousness. That when the Messiah that they were looking for came, their eyes were blinded. And they turned him over to the Romans. And just like they turned over our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the Romans, and they turned over the apostle to the Gentile, Paul to the Romans, they will turn over you and me to the Romans. Being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So the argument continues in the book of Romans, we up to the 10th chapter, and Paul wrote these words. 
Brethren, again, I say to you, you must observe and understand the relationships that you have in the assembly. If it's one where there is lordship and dominion and dominance, and it's not one of a brotherhood and a fellowship, you are in danger. And Paul said, from such turn away. The Lord said, from such turn away. Be ye not the servants of men. Don't find yourself in a relationship that you are being dominated by another. But Paul said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Brethren, all of us, together, one body, my heart's desire and my prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And we find the same situation today in our world, just as then we see it now, where the brethren, we have to be praying because our heart's desire is for those in the assembly to be saved. Here we have a council of men representing God, turning over the Messiah to the Romans, and we see the same situation in the church today where we have to pray for the salvation of the church. The Lord, in fact, appeared to John and said, except you repent, I'm going to come and remove your candlestick out of its place. Repentance is needed in the church. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the church is that they might be saved. Yes, for the church. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. We're in the same situation with the church. Why? Because the wheat and the tears grow together. And those in authority, in leadership, have become like the council in Jerusalem. That turned over Jesus to the Romans. That turned over Paul to the Romans. Because they going about to establish their own righteousness being ignorant of God's righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. So if you are a believer in God, you must accept Christ, you must accept the law of Christ, believe in Christ, that being the end of righteousness as far as all laws are concerned, the acceptance of Jesus Christ. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. So if you have not accepted the righteousness of Christ, you are not a believer in Christ. You may believe about Christ. You may even believe about God. But you're not a believer in Christ if you have another way of righteousness. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. So if you come any other way, the fact is you're a thief and a robber. And we see and we have proclaimed that many are thieves and robbers, vultures, even in the house of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. For Moses described it, the righteousness which is of the law. Now what Moses did 
the law was given by him, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. Moses described it, the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. The man that does the things written in the law of Moses is not going to live by Christ. The man that proclaim and practices and adheres to the things described in the law of Moses, his life is not Christ. Christ is not his life, but the law is his life. Moses describes that man which doeth those things that he shall live by them. So he has a big obligation. And if he offends in one point, if he offends in one point, then he's guilty of all. On the other hand, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Here we have the man on one hand that have to be the doer of 613 precepts perfectly, which can be done. And on the other, we have the righteousness which is of faith that speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? Don't say in your heart who is going to go up into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? What does it say? The word is nigh thee. The word of faith is nigh thee. Yes. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What does it say? It says... <coughs> That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All he asks for is belief and confession. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, speak it out, and shalt believe in thine heart, from the heart, in sincerity, in truth, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. It is from your heart, not those tables of stone. From the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. So you don't go looking for that, those stones, those tables of stones. You don't go about trying to see which one you kept and which one you did and how you did. Because that's why you're boasting. And that's why it is vain boasting. That's why it's vanity of vanities. That's why it's a failure. Because you are going about to establish your own righteousness and have not submitted yourself to the righteousness of the Lord. But if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You now become a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and there is scripture for it for the scripture said whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed whosoever believeth on Jesus the Christ shall not be ashamed 
many are ashamed because of their ignorance, their error, their confusion. Yes, they are ashamed because there is no, there is no foundation for them to stand on. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? But if you go about to establish your own righteousness, you have no foundation to stand on. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him that is on the Lord Jesus shall not be ashamed. Why? For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. <laughs> my, my, my. There is no difference between what? The Jew and the Greek. Now folk tell me there is neither Jew nor Greek. Well, look at what the word says. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Yes, there are Jews and Greeks here naturally. For there is no difference between the Jew and the... Yes, there are males and females here naturally. We live in both worlds. Where the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary. You're not just living in one world, one aspect of reality. You live in both. The natural and the spiritual. In the natural, there are Jews and Greeks. They are bond and free. They are male and female. Male and female. But when we are transported... Just like the children in heaven, their angels do behold the face of the Father. When we are transported, we come into the realm where the angels, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. The scripture speaks of this as the barriers, the distinction being broken down. Now, we have the shadows and the types. But in this reality, this here and now, they are Jews and Greeks. They are bond and free. They are male and female. There has to be consistency with the word. Jesus explained it. He said in heaven, their faces do behold, their angels do behold the face of the Father. They are like the angels of God in heaven. They neither marry nor are given in marriage. But you down here. You marry, and you are given in marriage. And he said, He that made them at the beginning made them male and female. But because you want to use their cunning, crafty, reprobate behavior to continue your evil practices, you claim there is no male or female. So you have that kind of dirty relationship claiming there's no male or female so you do whatever you want but here Paul is saying they are Jews they are Greeks Paul said he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ he was in bonds and some of his team were free Paul spoke about male and female in the church older women should teach younger women Older men, likewise, and they teach a church. And he said, if she would learn anything, let her ask her husband at home. There is male and female. Or else, you have eliminated 
one of the requirements for marriage, and you have given a foothold in the assembly to the adversary. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Yes, nationally they are different, but in the sight of God, there is no difference. But they have their national boundaries. So when they are transported to the spiritual realm, where their faces be, where the angels behold the face of the Father, then that national boundary is broken down of which a church is a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and in the church we are brethren, foreshadowing that which is to come. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. They exist. But God don't say, oh, you're a Jew and you were with me a long time, and you're a Greek, you just came. No, he don't say that. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And the word tells us, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then Paul began to get into the deeper things. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And that is a part of our problem today. Many in the assemblies, in the congregation, don't believe in the Lord. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach? How shall, how shall, how shall, how shall? How then shall they call in him? How, they, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they going to do it? And how shall they believe? How shall? How shall they believe in him? Of whom they have not heard. And how shall, how shall, how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? You're preaching. But you're not sent. Somebody say, I'm called of God. Yes, C-A-L-L. -L. It's different from S-E-N-T. How then shall they preach except they be sent? You didn't graduate. You didn't pass the bar. Judas was called. He received a part of this ministry. But he wasn't sent. He fell by transgression. And he was replaced. You have to be sent. How shall they preach except they be sent? Many false prophets are gone out. They went out into the world. They were not of us. Else they would have remained, but they went out that they might be manifested that they are not of us. This is that spirit of Antichrist. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach a gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach a gospel of peace. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The apostolic gospel. They abide it steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine, yes, Jesus Christ himself, the chief apostle. Jesus Christ was an apostle. You see that? Search a word. Mm -hmm. The chief shepherd and bishop of our souls. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. <clears throat> Even many of those who are preaching have not obeyed the gospel. Oh, they want to preach this and they want to take out this part and they want to run along with this part. But, oh, they don't want to touch that part. Because that 
part is the part that outlines to them their rightful places and their rightful responsibilities. So they will ignore that to their own detriment, but they want to preach to others. Confusion, contradiction. Not so. The Bible says, our adversary is the prince of the power of the air. He is that spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. So they are disobedient to the word. They want to preach. They want to prophesy. But they don't want to submit to the righteousness of God. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Lord, ooh. So the examination, the question, the probings. Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, so then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to develop that faith, it's not about the works that you do, what laws you keep. Faith, he that cometh unto God must believe that he is and he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, but I say, have they not heard? Have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound, their word went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. One lady asked me, what about all those people in the farthest reaches of Africa, the tribes in the jungle? Let me tell you one more time. Have they not heard? Yes, they heard. Yes, verily. The sound, the voices went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world do it not even nature itself teach you even nature teaches us the word of god causes that interaction between man nature and angels and angels that the everlasting gospel is preached but i see did not israel know so now he said have they not heard he changes the argument did not Israel know? Did they not know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. The nation of Israel, chosen as a royal nation. A kingdom of priests. But they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, were going about to establish their own righteousness, not submitting themselves unto the righteousness of God. They claimed Caesar to be their king. Did Israel not know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. So he made them to know. They got jealous. Of the holy nation, the royal priesthood. Once they regard it as lacking in wisdom. They're angered by because we preach Christ. We proclaim Christ. But Esaias is very bold and said. You know one of the things that people don't like. Is when you're bold for the word of God. They don't like that. Why? Because it brings too much light. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds are evil. But Esaias is very bold and said. I was found of them that sought me not. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Look at the irony. 
I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he said, all day long. You know, they go in church, church is sometimes from 9 o'clock in the morning to like many times 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. All day long have I, have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. His ass is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. Those just walking around. The Lord just come to them. Salvation came to their house. This day is salvation at your house. I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest to them that asked not after me. But to Israel he said, all day long, the whole day, he stretched forth his hands, stretched forth his hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. People talking, talking, talking. I don't know, sometimes running around talking in confusion to some as barbarians, to others as barbarians. To Israel he said, all day long have I stretched forth my hands. Stretching forth his hands. But your disobedience, they are children of disobedience. Gainsane people being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come before you this morning thanking you, thanking you for your word. For your word, the entrance of thy word bringeth light. Father, we thank you for the light of your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, God, that you have made us a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Yes, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So today as we go forward, continue to enlighten us, strengthen us as we minister in your word to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The Bible tells us that there is one advocate with the Father and it's Jesus Christ the righteous. You don't need some man standing up there in between you and God. You can boldly go to the throne of God for yourself. So I'm going to step away from here that you might approach a throne of grace and there you will find help in the time of trouble. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
Amen. 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 Come on home, beloved. Come on home, won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.